It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a Friday edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast brought to you by our friends at BuiltBar.com, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar where you can get $10 off your first order from Built Bar just by using our special promo code Locked On. Go try them out today. BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bar out there. How's everybody doing? Hope you guys are having yourselves a great week and are staying safe and uh, just enjoying time with your loved ones or whatever whatever it is you've been doing to get yourselves through all this. Uh, it's been a fun week. It's been fun to go back through these 2015 games running through, um, you know, in a small little mini, mini documentary type series, I guess we'll say. But it's been kind of fun to reminisce on the 2015 season, the 15-1 and regular season. We've gone through the uh, the regular season where the Panthers, of course, finished 15-1, and and now we've made it to the regular season, or, or to the playoffs, rather. We've, we're done with the regular season. We've made it to the playoffs. The Panthers, of course, had the first round by. They were the number one seed. They were awaiting one of the wild card winners, and as it turned out, they were set up for a t- uh, or set up for a date with a team that's seemingly we've seen a lot of over the years, despite not being in division. Uh, the, it feels like almost every year the Panthers and the Seattle Seahawks have been uh, going at it, whether in, in in the regular season or, of course, in the playoffs. But that's what we had here in the in the divisional playoffs. It was the Seahawks heading to Carolina to take on the Carolina Panthers, the number one seed. Seahawks came in. Of course, they were uh, they were uh, ten and six going into the play or going into the playoffs. Ten and six uh, regular season. Then they went into uh, the wild card weekend. They were on the road against the Minnesota Vikings, and we remember how that game went. That was a uh, uh, quite the finish with the uh, the missed field goal for the Vikings there that gave the Seahawks the ten to nine victory. In fact, that was a Pretty interesting wild card weekend that year. The Packers went into Washington and uh, beat up on the Redskins 35 to 16. And of course, the Seahawks as the six seed beating the Vikings 10 to nine. That's what set up the Seahawks going to Carolina for the divisional round. So Green Bay was off to Arizona, which we know that was a really fun divisional game as well. I mean, they've they've had a couple of over to, or, uh, some playoff thrillers over the last uh, 10, 15 years or so. But it was the Seahawks and the Vikings. In fact, it was all the road teams that wound up winning. All the wildcard teams advancing. The Chiefs shut out the Texans 30, 30 to nothing. Remember, the Texans were having uh, a lot of quarterback issues at that time. I mean, Brian Hoyer was the quarterback back then, and he threw four interceptions in that game. And then the Steelers and the Bengals, boy, what a what a finish that was. The Bengals thought they had it at 
when they scored that late touchdown. And then Vontez Perfect had that ridiculous penalty that helped put the Steelers in position to kick the game-winning field goal and win the game 18-16. to So it was all the wildcard teams advancing, so now we it set up the divisional round where it was the Seahawks against the Panthers, the Packers against the Cardinals, the Chiefs against the Patriots, and the Steelers against the Broncos. And when it came to that Carolina-Seattle battle, see, uh, Carolina really... Uh, and it's, you know, in a lot of games that we talked about over over this season, they left no doubt early. I mean, they jumped out to a, a fast lead. Two and a half minutes into the game, Jonathan Stewart, four yards out. Panthers jump right out of the gate. They go up 7 nothing, And then, wasting no time, expanding on that lead. Just a couple plays later, only about a minute later, Luke Keekley with that 14-yard pick six off of Russell Wilson. And just like that, it is 14-0. And then the defense just held serve, uh, shutting out the Seahawks, not just for the rest of that first quarter, but for the entire first half, as the Panthers added 17 points in that second quarter. It was the second touchdown of the game for Jonathan Stewart. That made it 21-0. Graham Gano comes out and kicks a field goal, and then Greg Olson from 19 yards out. Now they're up 31-0. So it's 31-0 at the half, and at this point we're thinking the Panthers are going to cruise into the NFC Championship. But if there's one thing we learned about the Seahawks over the years, you can never count them out when you've got Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. As they began their comeback early in the third quarter, Jermaine Curse. Uh, gets the 13-yard touchdown from Russell Wilson. So that made it 31-7 after the extra point. Then about six minutes later, Russell Wilson struck again. He hits Tyler Lockett from 33 yards out. Extra point there made it 31-14. to So slowly getting back into it. Defenses shut each other out going back and forth for the next quarter or so. Until with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter, Russell Wilson and Jermaine Curse hook up for a second time from three yards out. And now all of a sudden, it is a 10-point game. It is 31-21. And then after that touchdown, Carolina takes over, uh, has to punt it away after uh, after six plays. So... So Seattle gets the ball back on their 22-yard line. Get a couple of three straight completions. Already gets them into Carolina territory. So in just about 30 seconds, they move from the Seattle 22 to the Carolina 43. And then they work their way into uh, inside the 40, but then a false start penalty on Tyler Lockett takes them back outside the 40, but they get a huge 13-yard completion. Russell Wilson to Doug Baldwin on third and nine. So now the Panthers are on the ropes a little bit. And then just a few plays later, uh, the, the, uh, the Seahawks did have to settle for a field goal as the as the Panthers were able to hold serve. The Seahawks did get into the red zone, but could not punch it in. They had to settle for a field goal. 
Stephen Hauschka from 36 yards out, and that made the score 31-24. to So, of course, Seattle then had to go for the onside kick, and to no avail. Thomas Davis comes up with the, with the recovery on the onside kick. Cam Newton is able to kneel out the ball three times, and the Panthers hold off the second-half rally by the Seahawks. Final score, Carolina 31, Seattle 24. And so Carolina was on their way to the NFC Championship game. And, of course, this game was on Sunday, so they had already known who they were going to play, and that, of course, was the Arizona Cardinals, who, of course, had a great regular season themselves at 13-3 and and had a thriller of a divisional against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we know there was that Hail Mary late in the game that tied the game at 20. Uh, Aaron Rodgers... 41-yard touchdown to Jeff Janis with five seconds left. And then the extra point tied it at 20. But then first play of overtime, Larry Fitzgerald explodes for 75 yards. And a couple plays later, Larry Fitzgerald finishes the job. Five-yard touchdown pass. Arizona 26, Green Bay 20. And another exciting battle. So it sets up Arizona at Carolina in the NFC Championship game. And of course, if you know their, your history, which obviously a lot of you do, but uh, for those for those uh, non-Panthers fans that are uh, listening to this, if there are any, uh, if you guys know your Cam Newton history, you know that Arizona was the very first team in the regular season that Cam Newton ever saw. His first regular season start in 2011 came against the Cardinals, and that's where he set the rookie record with over 400 passing yards in his first career start. And with the way both of these offenses were playing this year, we were expecting quite the the shootout in Charlotte for a spot in the Super Bowl. So it was Arizona at Carolina for the NFC Championship. New England at Denver for the AFC Championship. And, of course, the AFC Championship went first, and it came down to the wire, but Denver held on, got the win. Peyton Manning beats Tom Brady again in the playoffs. Broncos win 20-18, to so the Broncos are off to Super Bowl 50. So now it's a matter of who's going to take on Peyton Manning as well as that vaunted Denver defense in Super Bowl 50. Would it be the Panthers? Would it be the Cardinals? And like I said, we expected a high-scoring battle. And we did We did get that for one team. And it was not the Cardinals. Carolina really ran away with this one, which obviously made everybody in Charlotte happy. It started... They jumped out to a 17-0 lead in the first quarter thanks to a couple touchdowns, one from Ted Ginn on a 22-yard rush and then an 86-yard strike to Philly Brown. So it's 17-0 after the first quarter. Arizona did, did nip into that lead a little bit midway through the second quarter with a one-yard rush from David Johnson. That made it 17-7. 
But unfortunately for Arizona, that 10-point deficit would become the closest that Arizona got to the Panthers for the rest of the night. As Carolina, again, just ran away with it. They went on to score uh, 17 unanswered points here. They get the one-yard touchdown run from Cam Newton with just under two minutes left in the half. That gave them a 24-7 lead going into the locker room. And then they do they do all the scoring in the third quarter. 21-yard field goal from Graham Gano and a 12-yard touchdown run from Cam Newton. So Cam Newton already has two rushing touchdowns as well as uh, a passing touchdown to Corey Brown. And then Ted Ginn had a rushing touchdown. So just like that, now it's 34-7 to going into the fourth quarter. Now Arizona did score about 45 seconds into the fourth quarter. Darren Fells... 21-yard pass from Carson Palmer, and then they, they did get the two-point conversion, so that made it 34-15, to but then two touchdowns within 15 seconds of each other. A five-yard touchdown pass from Newton to Devin Funchess, as well as the two-point conversion on top of that, and then a Luke Keekley pick six off of Carson Palmer sealed the deal. The Panthers ran their way into Super Bowl 50 as they defeated the Arizona Cardinals, pummeled them really, really, uh, really made this a laugher. Final score, Carolina 49, Arizona 15. And so for the second time in franchise history, the Carolina Panthers are headed to the Super Bowl. The stats on this one, Cam Newton was 19 of 28 for 335 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He added 47 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Jonathan Stewart carried 19 times for 83 yards. Ted Ginn, of course, had the 22-yard rushing touchdown, also added 52 receiving yards on two catches. And then Corey Brown and Greg Olson each ended up with 113 catches. Philly Brown did it on four grabs, including, of course, the 86-yard touchdown reception. Greg Olson did it on six catches. And then again, Devin Funches also had the the uh, the touchdown grab. The big key, key, though, again, as it was the entire season for this team, it was the defense. They intercepted Carson Palmer four times in this one and sacked him three times. Made life very miserable for the Cardinals and that offense. Now, again, they they were picked off. You know, Cam Newton was picked off and uh, ran back quite a bit. He had that long seventy-two yard picks or uh, long seventy-two yard interception return from Patrick Peterson, but that was really about the biggest highlight that the Cardinals had. Uh, as far as the interceptions went, Kirk Coleman had a pair. Luke Keekley, of course, had the pick six, and Trey Boston had one. And then it was a sack each for K1 Short, Charles Johnson, and Kyle Love. And then Luke Keekley also leading the way in tackles in this one with eight. So, again, there was no doubt in this one. The Carolina Panthers proved without a shadow of a doubt that they were the best team in the NFC. We, I mean, we knew it all regular season. 
The Cardinals were making their case as well, going 13-3 and in the regular season. But this was just the, the final stamp on the NFC run for the Panthers. And so now it was a two-week wait until they met Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos in Super Bowl 50 at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So to kind of fill that little bit of a break, we've got our friends at Built Bar to uh, kind of bridge the gap between the two. BuiltBar.com, of course, our great friends that have been with us for a while now providing the best-tasting protein bars out there. And, again, they're, they're, they're very delicious. They're very tasty because they use pure chocolate in their protein bars, and they have 16 different flavors, eight with chocolate and nuts, eight, and eight with chocolate and without nuts. So whatever your, whatever your taste buds are feeling like, you have that option. You know, whether you want peanut butter brownie, raspberry cream, orange, all kinds of different flavors. And again, they are great for uh, the health conscious person. Uh, and you can lose and maintain, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Because again, they taste delicious and they are low calorie, they're low sugar, uh, high in protein, high in fiber. And again, I've had these myself. They are, I, I, Fully agree, they are absolutely delicious. But again, don't don't just take my word for it. As I as I've been saying, go try this out for yourself. Go to builtbar.com right now, or when you're done listening to this podcast, <laughs> and uh, use our promo code Locked On, and you will get ten dollars off your first order. So again, builtbar.com promo code Locked On, and you get ten dollars off your first order. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So let's, and listen, I mean, obviously this is kind of the uh, the disappointing part. I mean, it's not like, you know, we're not spoiling anything. We know what happens. It comes to a, a disappointing finish. But it is, you know, we'll try to try to make the most of it here. But we have arrived. It is Super Bowl 50. We are finally at the, the, the final game of the season. And the final game of seeing all that gold everywhere, too. Because if you remember, this was... Because this was Super Bowl 50, this was when we were seeing all that gold everywhere on all these fields, particularly, of course, around the 
50-yard line. Even the Panthers uh, themselves, of course, had the gold NFL shield at the 50-yard line. Because obviously this was long before they finally made the move to put the Panthers logo at midfield. It was simply just the NFL logo. And so you had that gold shield there. And then, of course, all the other stadiums, uh, the, the number 50 was outlined in gold because this was the 50th Super Bowl. And, of course, as we know, gold is the typical present for a 50th wedding anniversary. So it made all the sense in the world. But we were finally at the end of seeing all that as we arrived in Santa Clara for Super Bowl 50. It was the Carolina Panthers and it was the Denver Broncos going at it in Super Bowl 50. The Panthers, of course, were in the Super Bowl for the second time in franchise history. Denver, I believe this was their eighth Super Bowl appearance. Of course, the previous one was two years ago when they got uh, just sloshed by the Seattle Seahawks 43-8. to So you knew the, the Broncos were foaming at the mouth to finally get this one after what happened two years ago, and they wanted to send Peyton Manning out in in style. So start the game. Carolina kicks off. Denver starts at their 20-yard line. First drive, first play, goes almost 20 yards. 18-yard uh, pass to Owen Daniels. In fact, Peyton Manning hits uh, three of his first four passes on this first drive. A couple of C.J. Anderson runs, and then a Ronnie Hillman run. Peyton Manning gets back on on the throwing. Incomplete on second and 13, because they did work their way into the red zone uh, pretty quickly. Only about three minutes into the game, and only about six plays into the game. Denver is in the red zone. But could not push it very further. They were facing 3rd and 13 from the Carolina 17, and they had to settle for a one-yard pass to C.J. Anderson. And so Brandon McManus comes out, kicks the 34-yard field goal. Denver strikes first at 3 to nothing. Then a couple of punts back and forth there, or you know, each team punts on their next drive. So Carolina gets the ball. They start at their 15. First, it was an incompletion to Jericho Cotchery, and then a run for no gain from Jonathan Stewart. So we're facing third and 10 from the 15-yard line, and disaster starts to strike already. That vaunted defense of Denver already coming into play as Vaughn Miller gets to Cam Newton and gets the strip sack. Causes the fumble, and it was recovered by Malik Jackson in the end zone for a Denver touchdown. Brandon McManus's extra point makes the game 10-0 Denver with 6.27 left in the first quarter. So Carolina gets the ball back and started moving pretty well. They were able to get into Denver territory, but on a third and four from the Denver 49, incomplete pass to Jericho Cotchery. And so Brad Nortman has to come out and punt again. And then Denver punts on their next drive. And then Carolina finally gets on the board. They take over with about a minute 15 left in the first quarter. Goes into the second quarter with 11.28 to go. Jonathan Stewart punches it in from one yard out. 
and Graham Gano gets the extra point. And so Carolina is finally on the board. It is now 10-7 in favor of the Broncos. Then Denver punts back to Carolina. Carolina punts back to Denver. And then this was a this was a momentum shifter as well. Brad Nortman, you know, Carolina punts from their 47. Uh, Brad Nortman punts at about 30 yards, but Jordan Norwood returns it 61 yards. And all of a sudden, Denver is already starting in the red zone. They set up first and 10 from the Carolina 14. First play, they get seven yards from C.J. Anderson. And then Anderson rushes two yards. Or, um, excuse me, yeah, rushes two yards. So now you're facing third and one from the Carolina five. But the Carolina defense, as we've been saying all this time, that defense was stepping up when they need to. The Denver tried to run it up the middle with Anderson, uh, but Jared Allen gets in there to stop him from no gain. So it's fourth and one, and they went for it on fourth and one, and they get the two yards. So you're Denver's thinking they have a first down, but not to be, as Luis Vasquez was called for offensive holding, and so ball gets pushed back 10 yards, and so Denver has to settle for the field goal. Brandon Gamanis comes out from 13 yards out, gets the field goal, and so now it is 13-7. They thought they were going to make it 17-7, but instead the field goal only makes it uh, 13-7. And after that, not much going on. Um, actually, Carolina coughed up the football on the very next play. Just three plays into Carolina's next drive. Mike Tolbert fumbles, recovered by Danny Trevathan. But then Carolina returned the favor as Coney Ely intercepts a pass intended for Emmanuel Sanders with Denver inside the Carolina 25. So... Team, so the two teams just gave the ball back to each other effectively on turnovers. But then Carolina did nothing on that drive. They actually went three and out after that Coney Ely interception. Uh, but then forced a three and out on their own. So they get the ball back. Less than two minutes left in the first half. And they were, they were able to get into Denver territory. They're sitting up at the 45-yard line. They've got first and 10, 18 seconds left, so just outside field goal range. Cam Newton goes for Greg Olson, falls incomplete, and then Cam Newton was sacked by DeMarcus Ware on second and 10, and that killed any hope of Carolina putting any more points on the board before halftime. And so the teams went into the locker room with Denver leading 13-7. to then, of course, we had the Super Bowl halftime show that year, which was Coldplay. Uh, not many people remember that. No, no offense to Coldplay, but I don't think a lot of people remember uh, the Coldplay uh, performance. I more remember Bruno Mars and Beyonce stealing the show in that one. And so after all that was taken care of, teams come back out onto the field for the second half 
with Denver up by six. And it's Carolina that starts with the ball. And they come out firing. You know, first they get uh, no, no yards on a Jonathan Stewart rush. But then Cam Newton hits Ted Ginn for 45 yards. And Carolina all of a sudden is in business. So they're set up now at the Denver 35-yard line. And they were feeling the momentum. Then they get another 10-yard run from Fozzie Whitaker. However... Unnecessary roughness on Trey Turner brings the ball back to the 40-yard line. So now they've got first and 10 from the 40, one-yard run from Mike Tolbert, but then a 14-yard strike to Ted Ginn. So now you've got first and 10 at the 25, and they went nowhere after that. They lost a yard with Cam Newton rushing the ball and then two straight incompletions. Brings out Graham Gano for a 44-yard field goal attempt. And it was no good. And so all that momentum Carolina was starting to build washed away with one kick. It's still 13-7. Denver takes over. And after eight plays, Brandon McManus comes out on for a 30-yard field goal attempt. It was another bend but don't break for the Carolina defense. Denver got to the Carolina 12 but had to settle for another field goal. So with 8.22 left in the third quarter, Denver's now up 16-7. to Then Carolina, big play to start their next drive. A 42-yard hit, Cam Newton to Corey Brown. And so now they're at the Denver 38. They get, uh, they get 10 more yards after a couple of plays, so now they've got first and 10 at the Denver 28. But, again, building up all, the, all that momentum just to have it washed away on one play. This time, Cam Newton was intercepted by T.J. Ward. Uh, T.J. Ward did fumble, forced by Mike Tolbert, but Danny Trevathan recovered at the 7. So, Denver takes over after the, uh, after the interception and the fumble recovery, but only went four plays before they had to punt. So Carolina gets the ball back on their own 19. Get a couple of... They got a first down, but then struggled again to move the ball. Brad Norton punting back to Jordan Norwood. But then on the next drive, as we finally turn into the fourth quarter, Carolina does come up with another uh, big turnover. Coney Ely sacked Peyton Manning about a minute and a half into the fourth quarter, and recovered his own fumble. And so now Carolina's in business. They take over at the 50-yard line, down by nine, with a little over 13 minutes left in the game. So they're still alive. And on that first play, 16 yards, Cam Newton to Devin Funches, and then a 12-yard rush for Jonathan Stewart. So in two plays, Carolina's already moved themselves to the 22-yard line of Denver. Then they get a couple of three-yard runs from Jonathan Stewart and Mike Tolbert. So now they're facing third and four from the 16. But, oh, Michael Ower. False start penalty turns a third and four from the 16 to a third and nine from the 21. And so Cam Newton tried to hit Ted Ginn. Falls incomplete. And so Carolina had to settle 
for a 39-yard field goal, which this time was good by Graham Gano. And so now you're sitting at 16-10 to with 10-26 left in the game. Then Denver punts on their next drive. Carolina punts on their next drive after just four plays. Then Carolina defense forces a three and out. So now they've got the ball back at the 24-yard line. Get a one-yard run from Mike Tolbert and a incomplete pass on second and down or second and nine. So now you've got third and nine from the 25. And once again, Vaughn Miller makes his presence known. He sacks and forces the fumble again. And TJ Ward comes up with the recovery. And Denver is now set up at the four-yard line of Carolina with four minutes left and a six-point game. And the hopes and dreams of Carolina's Super Bowl run are starting to fade away. Especially after a defensive holding penalty on Josh Norman. Carolina put Carolina forced Denver into a third and goal situation from the four-yard line. And Peyton Manning incomplete to Demarius Thomas. So you're thinking... You're thinking the field goal unit's going to come out, but Josh Norman gets bit for defensive holding, and so now you've got first and goal from the two. And on that very next play, Denver pretty much puts the game on ice with the C.J. Anderson two-yard touchdown run. And then they go for the two-point conversion, and they get it. And so that made the score 24-10. to in favor of the Broncos. Carolina would have another shot. They take over at their 20-yard line after a touchback on the ensuing kickoff. So with 3.08 left in the game, it's first and 10 from the 20-yard line. Cam Newton takes a shot over the middle to Devin Funchess, falls incomplete. And then they go backwards. Cam Newton sacked again, this time by Demarcus Ware. Loss of 14 yards, and so now the Panthers are facing third and 24 from the six-yard line. Cam Newton falls incomplete to Devin Funchess, and so Carolina forced to punt, and now needs to hope that they can stop Denver. Denver takes over with 157 left on their 37-yard line, and at this point, they're just burning Carolina's timeouts. They ran a couple times. Carolina burns their last two timeouts. Uh, and then C.J. Anderson, another run on third down. So now you've got fourth and two. And they're able to run the ball down to about a minute left in the game. And Britton Colquitt comes out and punts the ball just inside the 30. So with 54 seconds left, Carolina, one last shot at it. Needing a miracle, though, at this point. Down by 14 with under a minute left. They did complete to Jericho Cotchery and get the lateral to Fozzie Whitaker. So they get the first down there. It's now first and 10 from the 41. 25 seconds left. Cam Newton tries to hit Ted Ginn. That falls incomplete. And then you've got second and 10 now from the 41-yard line. Cam Newton hit Fozzie Whitaker for six yards. But then Joe Webb was hit for unnecessary roughness. And that was how Super Bowl 50 came to an end. The hope for the Panthers. 
was stopped by Peyton Manning. Denver wins the Super Bowl by a final score of 24-10 to as Peyton Manning was able to ride into the sunset with his second Super Bowl victory of his career and Denver coming away with their third Super Bowl victory in eight appearances as the Panthers had fallen now to 0-2 in Super Bowl appearances. And of course, we know uh, you know it was a tough run. There was obviously a lot of the talk was the Cam Newton, uh, you know that fumble where Cam Newton could have dove on it, but he didn't. Um, but who knows how the uh, how things would have changed uh, in, in that game? But really, you know, Carolina had a lot of opportunities, and they just couldn't. Uh, couldn't capitalize on a lot of them. They had to settle for a couple field goals when they could have had touchdowns. The, uh, the the missed field goal obviously was a killer. And then when you turn it over the way Carolina did, I mean, when you turn the ball over four times in the Super Bowl, that that really kills you. And that's what happened here. You know, the, the Broncos, uh, you know, they only had 11 first downs, but they... Uh, they sacked Carol. They sacked Cam Newton seven times, and again forced four turnovers. Carolina had twelve penalties, and they were only three of fifteen on third down. Now you know Denver was only one of fourteen on third down, but again, Denver just hit the opportunities when hit the opportunities when they had them. Carolina failed on their opportunities. Uh, The final numbers, Cam Newton was 18 of 41 for 265 yards and was sacked six times. Uh, Actually, Ted Ginn was credited with the other player being sacked. That's how Denver had seven total sacks. But they got to Cam Newton six times. Now, Carolina did sack Peyton Manning five times, but uh, Peyton Manning a little more, you know, Denver offense a little more effective uh, but, I mean, when you're 18 of 41 for 265 yards and you're sacked six times, that's never good. He did add 45 yards rushing, which did lead the Panthers. Uh, Jonathan Stewart had 29 yards rushing and a touchdown. Fozzie Whitaker, 26 yards rushing. And Mike Tolbert, 18 yards rushing. Final receiving numbers leading the way was Philly Brown, 80 yards on four catches. Ted Ginn had 74 yards on four catches. Greg Olson, 4 for 41. Devin Funches, 2 for 40. Jericho Cotri, 2 for 17. And then for Denver, Peyton Manning, 13 of 23, 141 yards and an interception. Again, Carolina did sack him five times. C.J. Anderson, 90 yards rushing on 23 carries and a touchdown. Four catches for 10 yards. And Emmanuel Sanders leading all receivers in this one, 83 yards on on six catches and of course Vaughn Miller thanks to his big game he was named Super Bowl MVP so again the Broncos came away 24 to 10 with the victory and then would beat the Panthers again uh, seven months later to kick off the 2016 regular season in what was of course a down what became a downhill spiral for the Carolina Panthers going just 6 and 10 
in that regular season. But all in all, I mean, look, it was still a tremendous season for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, they started 14-0 and and, of course, finished 15-1. and uh, That was the best start to a season by an NFC team since the merger. I mean, the last time we saw an NFC team start that strong was the 2009 Saints and the 2011 Packers. Both of them went 13-0. and And, of course, only the 72 Dolphins, 2007 Patriots, and 2009 Colts. Those are the only other teams that have had a record of 14-0. and And then again, I mean, 15-1 and is still a, uh, a fantastic... A fantastic season, and Cam Newton, of course, won the MVP for his uh, for his tremendous season. So all in all, you know, again, just a, a terrific season. Unfortunately, it didn't end the way the Panthers wanted it to, but you know that's how that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Now, of course, they have made the playoffs a couple times since then, but now we're in a situation where. We know the Panthers aren't really smelling the Super Bowl anytime soon. But again, it was still fun to go through all these games and kind of look back at what was overall still a tremendous season for the Carolina Panthers back in 2015. And with that, that's going to bring this week to a close. I hope you guys enjoyed this week. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing this. We might go back and do some of these. Maybe we'll do the maybe we'll do the 2000, 2003 season at some point too. The first time the Panthers uh, made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens. I've got a lot of time to go and a lot of time on our hands still with this uh with some of this quarantining here. But again, it was a fun week. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I hope you guys have yourselves a great Memorial Day weekend. Uh, be safe. And uh, just enjoy, you know, if you're going to have great weather and if you're going to have a barbecue, whatever you guys are doing, uh, have fun, be well, have yourselves a great weekend, and might be back here Monday, depending on what happens. If not Monday, we'll we'll definitely be back uh, by Tuesday. Uh, But nonetheless, we will see you back here at the start of next week when we do it all again here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. Until then, Bill Rossetti signing off. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.